Do you have your Bibles this morning? Or your iPads? Or your iPhones? Anybody still carry one of these? I still like to feel a leather. I'm all for, you know, progress, but I just like to feel a leather in my hands. Praise God. Amen. This morning, we're going to change the way we have normally done these meetings. Brother Jesse and I usually tag team. I'll start off and I'll tag him. He'll go a while and then he'll tag me and then I'll go a while and tag him again. And that's been a lot of fun. We've done that in other places around the country. But I felt impressed the Lord to do a double header today. So I'm going to preach first and then Jesse's going to close it out. Hallelujah. And uh, so I'm going to be talking about this morning. Don't let go of your dreams. Don't let go of your dreams. Point at somebody and say, and that means you. Don't let go of your dreams. God is the author of good dreams. Can you say amen? When I was a young boy, <clears throat> I was always dreaming. And uh, many of you know my background. My dad was in the automotive business. He did paint and body work. He restored classic automobiles. He built hot rods and race cars. I grew up on racetracks all my young life. And uh, if dad wasn't racing one, then we were spotters on a racetrack. Uh, and uh, that, was, that was my whole life. And I would go to bed at night, and many times I'd dream during the night of this custom car that I wanted to build. I, it was so vivid, I could see it in my dreams. And I'd get up the next morning so excited. I had a cousin, his name was Wade Porter, and he was a commercial artist. I could dream it, Wade could draw it, and my daddy could build it. We made a great team. Amen. And I dreamed of so many different custom automobiles. And uh, I'd, I'd tell my dad the next morning, I said, Dad, I had a dream last night. And I remember my dad would say to my mother, that boy is a dreamer. And you know, I still am a dreamer. I've been dreaming all my life. And most of the dreams that I dreamed as a young boy and even as a young man, God has made them come to pass even better than I dreamed them. Amen. That's just the way he is. He does exceeding, abundant, above all we can ask or think. Can you say amen? And I know that many of you in here today dreams that you believe came from the Lord. And a lot of times, because they don't come to pass immediately, people tend to give up on them. And I want to talk about this this morning. Don't let go of your dreams. Because as long as God is on the throne, Jesus is still Lord, and the Holy Spirit is our helper, then praise God, that dream can still come to pass. Can you say amen? I remember also when I was in... High school. I think I was a, a sophomore in high school. There was a guy that came out with a song. His name was Johnny Burnett. And he released this song in 1960. And I loved music. I always wished I could sing. I never was able to sing good, but I... In fact, when Carol and I first married, I used to sing to her. I loved Paul Anka songs. And I'd sing to her on our dates. Put your head on my shoulder. <laughs> and uh, I knew all the words to all those songs. I knew back then who recorded them. 
And uh, I just had a, a passion for music, especially when rock and roll came out. Uh, we got our first rock and roll station back in 1956 in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I listened to it every day. And I, I, would, I would learn all the words to the songs. But this one song, I used to sing it all the time. And once again, it was recorded by Johnny Burnett. And it was simply titled, Dreaming. How many of you remember it? Dreaming, I'm always dreaming, hoping that my dream will come true. And that's the reason I'm not a singer. But I remember the words, hallelujah. Dreaming, I'm always dreaming. Say it with me. Dreaming, I'm always dreaming, hoping that my dream will come true. Amen. I've been dreaming all my life. And boy, I'd get up every day singing that song. I'd sing it all the time, dreaming. I used to know all the words, but that's not important now because we don't have time for me to sing all the words. Not only that, I don't want to ruin the anointing. Praise God. Now, I want you to open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 3, first of all, this morning. Ephesians chapter 3. And by the way, while you're turning there, I want to uh, thank all of our visitors for coming today. If you are not a member of Heritage of Faith, we want to welcome you and let you know how much we appreciate you coming and hope you enjoy the service. It's going to be one of those rare moments, praise God. Ephesians chapter 3, and I know you're familiar with this, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think that worketh within us. Now I want to read it to you from the Amplified Version because the Amplified does just that. It amplifies it. Now to him who by the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose. I will blow away. He's able to carry out his purpose and listen to this and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. I'm glad he included dreams. Notice, he's able to do super abundantly, far over and above, all that we dare. Look at your neighbor and say, do you dare to dream big? You've heard me say it before when I was growing up. We, we had a saying in Louisiana, and I think it was popular all over the South. We used to double-dog dare people. And boy, I never passed up a double-dog dare. Amen. I don't care how ridiculous it was. They used to call me a daredevil. <laughs> and I hear God saying, I double-dog dare you to dream big, Jerry Seville. And I am. And I do. And notice once again, far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. If you can dream it, if you can dream it, then God can do it. And not only that, He's able to do even bigger and better than you dreamed it, praise God. And that has been my testimony all these years. Now, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is about a man named Joseph. You're all familiar with Joseph. 
And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 37 and verse 5, And Joseph dreamed a dream. Joseph dreamed a dream. And one of the first mistakes that he made was to tell it to folks who were not dreamers like him. Some people just can't handle your dream. Some people, you'd be better off not to even tell them what you're believing for, what God has spoken to you about, the dream that he's given you. I've found over the years that some people feel like it's their call in life to discourage you. Amen. But once you say God, then nobody can talk you out of it. No matter how body is able to talk you out of it. And it's not uncommon that dreams do take sometimes a long time. I haven't had too many dreams that came to pass before dark or within the next couple of days. I have had them, but it's been rare. Most of the dreams that God's given me, some of them didn't come to pass for 20 years. 20 years. You say, how in the world do you hold a dream it came to pass, I don't really remember how long it took. I was so excited that it came to pass that I wasn't majoring on how long. I was majoring on how good it was when it came to pass. Amen? But seriously, there are some dreams I've had that it took 20 years to come to pass. One such, and you've heard me tell the story, but it's my sermon. I'll hear it again. When I first went in the ministry, 1969, shut my automotive business down and began to prepare for full-time ministry. And uh, shortly after that, the Lord spoke to me and said, do I need to turn this other one off? He spoke to me and said, you'll not be able to fulfill what I've called you to do without airplanes in your ministry. And he said, I don't want you ever flying airplanes with debt on them. I want you to believe me for debt-free airplanes. Well, he might as well have been telling me, uh, plan to go to the moon in the morning, because that was impossible. I still was paying notes on a car, paying notes on our furniture, paying notes on the house. I think Carol and I still owed money on our broom. You know, we, we, we were in debt up to here for everything. And now God's talking about airplanes, debt-free in the natural, that was unbelievable. But I dared to believe. And I remember writing it down in my journal. And uh, shortly after that, I came to Fort Worth, went to work with Brother Copeland. And he had been a commercial or a, a pilot before uh, he went into the ministry. He had just received his first airplane. And uh, uh, it was just a small little single-engine airplane. But I would fly with him. And uh, I'd set up in the cockpit because there wasn't room enough to sit in the back. And so <laughs> I'd set up in the cockpit with him, and he would go over what he's doing and teach me a little bit. Well, it wasn't long after that I got the bug and started taking flying lessons. And, uh, and then after I left Brother Copeland, uh, after about three years of working with him, I uh, launched out into my own ministry, and I began to get invitations from all over the country. And finally got to the place where I could not get to all the places I was invited to come by driving a car. And uh, so it would be a good time.
for this first airplane to manifest. Amen. And I reminded the Lord of that. I said, you told me I would not be able to do what I was called to do without airplanes in my ministry. And in case you haven't noticed, this would be a good time for one to show up. Because you can't, you can't be in Los Angeles one night and New York City the next. And that's the way my schedule was. And so it uh, wasn't long after that, and I won't go into all the story, but it's a, it's a very unique story. But it wasn't long after that, about 19, this was 1973, the first part of 73. And in 1975, God blessed me with my first airplane, a little Cessna 310. We were so excited. I'm telling you, that was such a blessing. It was an, an impossible dream come true. I mean, you know when an impossible dream comes to, uh, it takes you at least a couple of months to keep, to keep on shouting, praise God. Amen. And I'm thinking, I'm just a country hick, and I now own an airplane, and we're flying it all over the country. And then it wasn't long after that, the Lord instructed me to sew it, sew it, S-O-W, sew it, give it away, and believe for my next one. And uh, so while we're believing for the next one, I was preaching in Wichita, Kansas, and a man was in my service, and he was an executive at Citation, which is based in Wichita. And he came up to me after the service, and he said, uh, uh, introduced himself. He said, uh, I'd like to take you to lunch, and if you have time, I'd like to take you over to Cessna Corporation. I'd like to take you through each division of our, our plant. And uh, I said, I'd, I'd love to. So we went and, and saw each division, the single-engine planes, the twin-engine planes, the pro, uh, the uh, turbo planes. Uh, and then he asked me this. He said, did you know Cessna now builds a business jet? I said, I've heard about it, but I've not seen one. He said, we call it the Citation 500, and I'd like to take you over to see it. So when we walked in that hangar, there were two Citation 500s sitting in the hangar, number one and number two. And uh, they used them as demos to take them to air shows and, and offer them to the general public and uh, take orders for them. And so he told me to step up into number one, citation number one, first citation ever built. I stepped up in, he said, sit in the cockpit. I sat in the cockpit. He said, go back and sit in the back. And he said, uh, pull the tray down and uh, lay your Bible up there in your notebook. Can you see yourself flying across the country in this plane back there studying the word and getting ready for your sermon? I said, I sure can. And so we got out of the airplane and, and uh, got on the, on the floor there in the hangar. And the Lord spoke to me. And I won't go into detail on it. He said, I want you to turn around and call a Citation 500 into your ministry. And we're talking jet level. I just, I've just finished receiving a twin engine. Now he's talking jets. In case you don't know, jets are more expensive. The maintenance is more expensive. The upkeep is more expensive. Everything is more expensive. Little nuts and washers are more expensive. Everything. I'm telling you the truth, Jesse. And, uh, uh, and now he's saying, call one of those into your ministry. So I turned and out loud in there with all the workers in, I called a Citation 500 into my ministry. Now, 20 years 
later. In between, I had received uh, two or three different airplanes, and, and, and I gave the last one away, and this was about my third or fourth airplane, and I had sewn it into another ministry, and, and now I'm ready for a jet. I, I need something I can get up higher, get faster. And 20 years later, God brought that Citation 500 into my ministry. Not only did he bring a Citation 500 into my ministry, it was the very one I pointed at in that hangar 20 years before. Citation number one. In fact, after we got through using it for about 12 years, uh, the Smithsonian Institute contacted us and wanted me to donate it and put it in the Smithsonian because it was the first one ever built. And uh, I didn't do that, but anyway, uh, <laughs> 20 years, I believe, for that jet. 20 years. Every time I'd land at a, on an airport and I'd see a Citation 500, I'd point at it and say, are you my airplane? Are you looking for me? Follow me. <laughs> Amen. Now, I never, I never talked about it much in meetings. I never went up to people that I thought maybe could help me financially with it. I never asked anybody for any money for it. I'm not a con artist. Either I believe God or I don't. Amen. And, and I never ask anything from anybody about it. I, I would give the testimony after it manifested. And so uh, God was making my dreams come true. You could put in Genesis 37, and Jerry dreamed a dream. You know, Joseph and Jerry, they both start with a J. Jerry dreamed a dream. And you know, and Jesse dreamed a dream. All three start with J's. Praise God. Amen. Now, I remember... We flew that citation for quite some time, 12 years, and then uh, God put us in another citation, a little better one, bigger one, uh, citation 500 with an Eagle Mod, a little faster, and uh, uh, we sold that after a while. And uh, at one point, way back during the time, my pilot, Sam Douglas, who was one of the finest pilots I'd ever flown with, I always said what Sam didn't know about aviation he hadn't invented yet. He was an amazing pilot. And Sam said, Brother Jerry, you go overseas so much, you need to start believing for an international jet. I said, well, Sam, I am. I've already started on that, but I just don't know what I need. He said, you need a Falcon 50. He said, uh, the, the plant is in Little Rock, Arkansas. Why don't we go tour the plant, and they can take you through it, and you can you can get the vision for a Falcon 50. And so we went to Little Rock, went through the plant. Man, Sam was right. I fell in love with a Falcon 50. It's three engines, and uh, I'm over the ocean all the time. I like having that third engine just in case, you know. And uh, so... I started believing for a Falcon 50 just as soon as we got home. And I had an easel made with a Falcon 50 on it because the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain. Write the dream, make it plain. Amen. So I want to show you that easel that has been in my office for many, many years. And uh, I, I put it right in front of my desk on the corner so that every time I was in my office, 
I could walk by that, put my hand on it, and say, thank you, Lord, for bringing this Falcon 50 into my ministry. And I'd sit at my desk and work, and I'd look at it, catching the vision, ref, uh, uh, refining the dream, so to speak. Amen. And here's the, uh, here's the picture of it. We had it framed and made it very nice. Just hold on to that one for a minute. Put it right up in there. And this has been sitting in my office in front of my desk now for 20 years. 20 years. JSMI Aviation, Falcon 50, Romans 4.17. Anybody know what Romans 4.17? God calleth things that be not as though they were. And that's what I was doing all these years for that Falcon 50. In fact, not only that, I had a model of it made. And this sat on the corner of my desk. Every plane I've ever believed for, I had a model made of it. As soon as it manifests, I put it over on a table, and when it start believing for the next one, I put a new model. I showed some pastors uh, the, the planes that had already come in over the years, and uh, somebody had sent me a model of a stealth, and I put it under there with all the, mo all the models that I had believed in. Somebody said, Brother Jerry, you own a stealth? I said, why would you say that? He said, there's a stealth on your shelf. I've never seen it. I said, that's why they call it a stealth. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't have a stealth, okay? But that's been sitting. You can just leave it there. That's been sitting there on my desk for 20 years. Amen. Now, there was a time when I felt like back in 2016, maybe I'm done flying overseas. Everything I had been doing, all my offices, they were running well. Uh, we, we built churches, we built medical centers, uh, Bible schools, training nationals. Everything I had set out to do, I felt like maybe I had accomplished it. And there really wasn't a need any longer for me to have a Falcon 50. So, one day, I'm sitting there at my desk, and I got up, and I put this easel in my closet. Took it down, put it in the closet. I told my wife, I said, I don't think I need a Falcon 50 anymore. I told my staff, I don't think I need a Falcon 50 anymore. I told Jesse, I don't think I need a Falcon 50 anymore. I told Keith Moore, I don't think I need a Falcon 50 anymore. I told Brother Copeland, I don't think I need a Falcon 50 anymore. None of them believed me. But they were kind. They just listened. And so I was in Baltimore preaching. And after the service that night, the pastor and his family wanted me to go to dinner with them. And I had flown up there commercial because I'd given my citation away. And uh, I got back to my room about 1 o'clock in the morning. And I had to get up at 7 and catch a flight to Philadelphia. And while I'm hanging up my suit, I heard the Spirit of God say, Are you done? Are you finished? I said, Done with what? He said, Ministry. Are you done? I said, No, I'm not done. He said, Then what did I tell you in 1969 about your ministry? I said, Well, you said a number of things. What, what are you referring to? He said about aviation. I said, you said I wouldn't be able to be, fulfill what I'm called to do without airplanes in my ministry. 
He said, then, are you done? Are you finished? I said, no, Lord, I'm not done. I'm not finished. He said, then what makes you think you can do what I've called you to do now without airplanes? I said, I stand corrected. He said, as soon as you get home, you tell your wife, you tell your staff, and you call the people you told all that to and tell them you were wrong. I said, could we just go on without any telling anybody? <laughs> no, because it'll minister to other people who've let go of their dream. Not necessarily the people that he mentioned to me, but a lot of people let go of their dreams. I'm not the first. See, if you don't hold on to your dream, it'll fall over. <laughs> Amen. I, said, I didn't plan that. That was just a good illustration, praise God. Did you plan that? Justin? Okay, good. And so, when I got home, I told my wife, forget what I said about the Falcon 50. I'm back on my faith. She said, I didn't think that'd last long. I told my staff, forget what I said about the Falcon 50. I'm back on my faith. I told, well, actually, Keith Moore called me. And he said, Brother Jerry, you sure? <laughs> when you were here the other day, you told me you weren't thinking you were going to be doing much international travel anymore. Are you sure God doesn't want you to have an international plane? I said, well, Keith, and I told him the story about Baltimore, and I said, I've been corrected. Amen. Well, God blessed me with another airplane, another Citation, a Citation 5, the finest airplane I've ever owned. And, uh, and, and it, we keep it out at Spinks. We fly it all over the nation. But I can't go international with it. Now, what I did was I pulled this. In fact, I walked in my office that day after the Lord told me to correct myself. And then I walked him off and he said, now get your dream out of the closet. So I walked over to my closet and got this easel and put it out front again. Some of you have let your dream be put in the closet. And you need to get your dream out. Amen? Don't give up on your dream. Let me read something before I continue from Job. I think this is an interesting verse. He said in Job 42, 2 from the Amplified, speaking of God, I know that you can do all things and that no thought or purpose of yours can be restrained. The message translation says, I'm convinced you can do anything and everything. Nothing and no one can upset your plans. Well, that's a great verse, isn't it? Nothing and no one can upset your plans. So, I got back on my faith for the Falcon 50. It took 20 years for my first jet to manifest. And I want to show you something now. Look at your name and say, don't give up on your dream. You know what they said to Joseph? His brother said to Joseph, here comes that dreamer. They said it sarcastically. Here comes that dreamer. That's not bad for you to be called a dreamer. Look at somebody next to you and say, are you one of those dreamers? All right, let me show the first one. The first one's this one. Put that one right there. As of Thursday, I am now an owner of a Falcon 50. 
The dream came true. Put that next one up. That's me sitting in it. Hallelujah. Come on, help me shout, praise God. Glory to God. Don't ever let go of your dream. Amen. This past Thursday, we flew down to take a look at this airplane. And uh, I asked the Lord while I was sitting in it, along with my pilot, I said, uh, Lord, if this is not the plane you want for me, then I want you to reveal it to me. I'm going to sit here until you do. And Brad and I joined hands and started praying. And after we said the amen, the joy of the Lord hit us. I mean, I started dancing and jumping on the inside, and then it started showing up on the outside. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy comes from God. That was my confirmation that this was the plane God had reserved for me. Amen. So we got out of the plane and went and talked to the, 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 the uh, broker that's handling it for the owner that, is, that he's selling it for. And uh, Monday, tomorrow, my attorney is drawing up the uh, letter of intent, giving it to the broker, and as far as the broker is concerned, he considers it sold, it belongs to me, and I'm paying cash. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Isn't that good? Come on, give the Lord another good shout. Amen. Praise the Lord. I have not been able to sleep for three days now. My goodness. It's, it is such a, such a dream come true. Oh, man. In fact, I was up at 4.30 this morning. I couldn't sleep no more. Shouting and praising God and singing Waymaker. I, I was singing pretty good in my bedroom all by myself this morning. Waymaker. He's the Waymaker. Hey. Amen. Tell somebody, my God is the Waymaker. Way so I just want to leave this with you before I ask Jesse to come up. Listen to Hebrews 6.12 from the Message Translation. Keep at it until the finish. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. Notice, did it say, you, you, did you notice it said, stay the course like those with committed faith? Amen. It takes committed faith for a dream to come true. Now, I've said all this, trusting that you're going to get stirred up today about the dreams that God has put in your heart. If they're impossible, then it's probably from God. If you can do it yourself, uh, you need to keep praying. God's the God of the impossible. But He also says, and all things are possible to him that believeth. Can you say amen? amen? So lift your hand with me right now. Lift your right hand with me and say these words. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare today, I am one of those dreamers. I have dreamed a dream, and I believe my dream came from you, and you're the God that does exceeding abundant above all that I can dream. 
You're working behind the scenes right now. Making that dream become reality. And I'll not give up. I'll not quit. I'll not turn back. It's on its way. And I believe I'll just jump to my feet and shout in advance. Hallelujah. Come on. Jump to your feet and give the Lord a shout in advance. Amen. Come on up, Brother Jesse. Hallelujah. Give Brother Jesse a warm welcome. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Let me look one more time. You may need this. I don't know. And you, I didn't, and you tell didn't you. tell me. You didn't. I, I picked Jesse and Kathy up the yeah. airport this morning, and I said, I'm not going to tell them. I'm going to wait and let them see it in the service. But thank you, Jesse, for believing with me oh, all these I, years. Oh, yes, sir. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to fly in there with you. you, when are, you yes, we are. Praise the Lord. 